What's up, dude? And we're going to got a lot to talk about. It's, uh, it's been a great week. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Speedweed. Listen, marijuana is legal in California. Don't leave your house to get it. Don't burn gas. Don't go wait online like a like a jerk at the dispensary with thousands of other people and you got to run into people that you don't want to see and some hot bud tender is flirting with some guy and then you got to wait hours online and it's just like, oh, Okay, then they, they give you samples, you're high as hell, you get in the car, and then there's a cop waiting for you to pull you over, and your whole life is ruined. You're down $20,000. No, don't do that. Okay, go to speedweed.com. They will deliver it for you. They have everything from marijuana to CBD to uh, vape pens to THC sex lube, okay, which me and my wife we can't use yet because she's breastfeeding and we don't want our kid getting high. But as soon as that breastfeeding's done, I am putting that all over my penis and bang, okay? Yeah. So go yeah. to speedweed.com, speedweed.com, mention roasted. You get $100. You get $10 off, $100 orders or more, okay? Telling you, I, I highly recommend it. They're good people. Speedweed.com. Follow them at Speedweed. Also, if you want the best, okay, uh, CBD, uh, there's only one place to go, and that's Santa Cruz Medicinals, okay? They have this new CBD vape pen. It comes fully charged, ready to use. So I'm telling you, I, I've been smoking this. Say goodbye to stress, okay? <laughs> I take this stuff, and I'm just like, oh, this is amazing. Where was this my whole life, all right? Go to scmedicinals.com, okay? They have amazing stuff, okay? They're, they're great people. They have all kinds of great stuff. And they also, all right, have CBD, uh, uh, their, their Brussels sprouts are one of the better things you can put in your body, okay? They're, they're all about... Uh, Okay. And also, okay, they have CBD olive oil. Okay, put it all over your stuff. I'm telling you, uh, I I'm, I'm now a, a great cook thanks to this stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. I I put CBD olive oil on the food, and I just oh man, it's it's awesome. It makes me takes away my pain. I can relax. I feel better. My my life has improved. And you use stuff too. What do you use? I Joe? use the coconut oil every single morning in my coffee. It just that's the best way to start your day, dude. Just put like a tea. I think it's a teaspoon in your cup of coffee. It's tremendous. Yes, CBD coconut oil. Go to scmedicinals.com. They will ship it to you. Okay, you mentioned roasted. Uh, you get uh, $10 off your order, and uh, it's awesome. It's, it's awesome. Okay, scmedicinals.com. They are the tits, all right? They, they're the tits, dude. They're the tits, okay? Who doesn't like tits? Uh, scmedicinals.com. Mm-hmm. They're, they're big fans of the podcast, and they're good people. Uh, which is which is even better. Yeah, you know what I hate about the goddamn dispensaries, dude. What's that? Because when I first got my medical marijuana license, I was so excited to finally go into a dispensary. But the thing I hate most is the goddamn salesman bud tenders they have there because they'll convince you to get their most potent expensive strain of weed yeah when i just went in there just to get like the lowest grade shelf marijuana because i freak out too much when i smoke weed but they somehow like they're so pushy like you want to try this if you have headaches if you have stress if you have problems sleeping this this is 400 percent thc yeah because they're probably getting some kind of kickback on it yeah i'm telling you don't don't even bother that go to scmedicinals.com yeah i'm telling you they know what they're doing uh, and they're good people, and mm-hmm. it's just uh, yeah, check it out. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So, meanwhile, yesterday I went to a Dodger game, okay, with my dad. Yeah. And I got a ball. Yeah, dude, I saw that. That's awesome. It was, it, well, here's what happened, right? So, I got my dad, I got my dad, uh, Birthday tickets to the Dodger game. He's a fan. Uh, he's a well, he's a he's a Mets fan, but he, he grew up with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Okay, and then they came out here, became the L.A. Dodgers. Dang, he's old, dude. The Brooklyn Dodgers. My dad's 19- old. Yeah, he's in his seventies. So, okay. <laughs> and so he, he loves baseball. It's one thing he loves is baseball. He watches every game. Uh huh. So I, I got him tickets, and then something came up where I couldn't go for his birthday, so he could go with his wife. I just felt guilty because, you know, I love going with my dad. You know, mm-hmm. just, so I'm like, you know, what? I'm getting him tickets to the playoffs. So I got him tickets to the playoffs, and. Uh, and we're there. We're having a great time. We're watching Justin Turner. He used to be a Met. Hits a, he hits a foul ball that goes probably, I'm like seven seats up, seven like rows up. Yeah. But I see the ball and people keep dropping it. It just keeps dropping. And I'm like, it's coming closer to me. So I got, we were luckily, I, I like jumped over my dad into the row. I ran down like four things and just dove headfirst into a pylon of like 18 huge Mexican dudes fighting for the ball. Oh my God. And I grabbed it. And then I put it in my pocket because I knew if, uh, if I would have like been like, oh, I got it. Someone might hit it out of my hand or decked me from behind. Who knows what would have happened? People uh-huh. were fighting for the ball. So I put it in my pocket and then I ran back up to my seat and everyone was still fighting for it because they didn't know that I got it. And then I picked up the ball and I was like, I got it. And everyone started dying laughing because people were still fighting and they were cheering. It was like I did some magic trick. Well, I just went in there like a little thief, like like Bilbo Baggins, like a thief. He yeah. just went in there and just took it, dude. Exactly. So that That's was awesome. That. The second time I caught a ball in like three games. So we've caught another one before. I caught one right before my wedding. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at catching catching balls. Uh, not in my mouth, but uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was awesome. And then I just got back from, I was touring with Jeremy Piven. We did, we did four shows. We did... Cedar Rapids, flew to Cedar Rapids, and then, uh, which is actually pretty funny because uh, we get there and uh, we get to Cedar Rapids and we get the VIP treatment sort of like on the plane. They mm-hmm. did. So uh, as we were leaving the flight, there was a guy holding up. Jeremy left. He was in first class. Jeremy left. I'm in the back. And, but there's a guy saying, <laughs> there's a guy saying Adam Greenberg, the side, which is my, my real name, Adam uh-huh. Greenberg. So I'm like, that's me. Some guy hold, as we're leaving the plane, and he's like, oh, you're, you're with Jeremy Piven, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't want to bother him. He already left. He's like, you get to... I'm like, oh, well... So then he takes me off, like, off the runway uh-huh. and drives me in like a private car all the way to like the United... Uh, like Delta Skybox... The, 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 uh, the Delta Skybox, like, mm-hmm. like the, uh, the club. Mm-hmm. But Jeremy... He like missed Jeremy. So like, Jeremy had to take the tram. And I went there. And I'm like, dude, uh, some guy just showed up with a thing and he works for the airline. He's like, oh, great. So then he's like, well, why, did he, why didn't he put Adam Hunter? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't tell. I even know this even was a thing. Uh-huh. You know? He's like, well, why don't we just put my mom's maiden name while we're at it? And so, that, so then, like, it was pretty funny. So then the guy's like, Jeremy, come with us. And he's like, is this where you guys shoot us? So then, like, <laughs> so that was pretty cool. And then we got there and shows were great. Sold out shows in Cedar Rapids. That was awesome. And then we drove to uh, Des Moines. It was an hour and a half. Iowa? Saturday night, Iowa, yeah. And then we drove to Nebraska for Sunday night. Two shows Sunday. Uh-huh. And, then another, and then three hours to Kansas City on Monday. So I drove, like, me and Jeremy drove all around. And, like, Jeremy, it's crazy. Like, we go to the hotels, and people just hop out of, like, 
like to get his autograph and stuff mm-hmm. and like having him sign books and Ari Gold business cards. They hop out of the elevators. Like we'll, we'll be in the hotel walking in and people pretend to be like by the on the couch or by the vending machine. They're like, Jeremy, can you sign this? Can you sign this? Oh my God. Yeah, which is like a bunch of CBs out there. Yeah. But then CB told me that actually people were selling them on some kind of weird eBay thing that he's on, on, on Facebook. Like Jeremy Piven, like everyone was selling them afterwards. Isn't that, that's like a, such a sad truth of autographs these days. Nobody wants an autograph just to frame and put on their wall. Everybody just wants to sell yeah. someone else's Which handwriting. Was, but that was crazy. And then like me and Jeremy were it was in Omaha. We were watching the Terrence Crawford fight. Uh-huh. On, and then we're, we kind of got like a, a back room of like a bar. And girls were just hopping on his lap. Are you serious? Not even at asking, like drunk fifty-year-old, like like milf or gilfs, going, "Hey, can we take a selfie?" And Jeremy's like, being nice. He's like, "Yeah, sure," but I'm like, "Hey, can you guys please like get off his lap?" You know, like I have to kind of be like the muscle a little uh-huh. bit. But it's ridiculous because uh-huh. if he says, "Get the fuck off me," or like, "Excuse me, leave me alone," or "What are you doing?" and then someone records that or whatever, then he mm-hmm. they'd sell it to TMZ and he's the asshole. But women were just jumping in his lap to take fucking selfies. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I would never just hop in a chick's lap. Like, can we take a selfie? Like, mm-hmm. are you kidding? Maybe were you I jealous of him? But, 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 <laughs> but like, still, that's, it was insane. Were you jealous of him a little bit? No. Like, not, why are they I jumping was, on my lap? I was happy that like, I kind of have the life I have where people yeah. start hopping on my fucking lap. Yeah. Um, I'll be very annoyed if people just started jumping on my lap. Well, one time we did like a, a meet and greet after the show and some jerk off who was a comic waited in line, and then punched him in the balls and ran away. He punched Jeremy Piven in the balls? Yeah. He thought oh that was God. funny. Like, And then the security guard did nothing. I wasn't even looking. I was looking the other way. I was actually doing something else. And Jeremy told me that. Then he still has like 10 more people to take pictures with. So he's like turning red and of course like pissed off. And then, and then someone tweeted out, Jeremy Piven was a dick. Like, no, <laughs> he just got punched in the fucking balls. Like, yeah. What? But uh, but we had we had a great time. He's a, he's a, crazy. He's, he's a great guy, and I tell you, man, for a guy who's doing comedy for like six months, and I've been helping him and like you know helping him shit and like help you know being kind of like mentoring him and stand up. But I don't know anybody that can. Cause I do forty five up front. He does forty five after me, mm-hmm. and he 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 was getting standing ovations and d- destroying, mm-hmm. and it was cool. It was really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just awesome, it's, dude. but just crazy to go from that to like. Sold out shows to like the Dime Bar Monday where there's three people in the crowd. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, back to reality. It's like that song, back to life. <laughs> back yeah. to reality. So are you guys doing theaters or just clubs? Just clubs. Okay. Uh, so how are you doing? I'm pretty good, dude. Just I got, I got my woman back at home. Well, not my home, her home. Yes. Uh, I'm enjoying the married life. I'm not married, but I feel like I'm married. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it's very strange. You know, when I first started this podcast, I was a young 15-year-old boy. And I was on Tinder all the time. Uh, I was with a new woman every single weekend, uh, avoiding STDs like the plague. Yes. But you know what? I'm, I feel like a, a fully grown man now. I still live with my dad, though. I still live with him, but... Why do everything you're saying, you're saying but? You're like, I get this, but this, but that, but that. That's just the harsh reality of my life, dude. I'm growing up. It sucks. Yeah. But everything's going good. I'm glad to be here. I've, I've been gone for a couple weeks or so. The fans were demanding the wean dog, so I made my return, and I'm glad to be back, dude. Of course they were demanding the wean dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, why wouldn't they? By the way, so I've been working out with PFL, uh-huh. uh, which we got to talk about their upcoming fight. First of all, I honestly think next year PFL will be the number one rival for the UFC because it's they're getting they're giving away 
six fighters are getting a million dollars each mm-hmm. New Year's Eve. Are they, do you think they're doing that to lure more fighters in different organizations? I don't know why they're doing that. They're doing that, but I think it's the most fair way to do it mm-hmm. because, I mean... <laughs> The best guy is getting a million dollars. It's like some Mortal Kombat shit. It's an actual fight tournament, and, dude. Yeah, the only the only issue that they have is they can't fight two in one night. They're fighting twice in one night, but uh-huh. they can't be three rounds each. The first, so so the first fight is two rounds. Okay. And the, the, whoever wins the first round wins the fight. So if it's you win the first and the other guy wins the second, if you won the first, you win the fight. And that's the only thing that's like a little bit uh, rough. Yeah. But that's what it is. It is what it is. Unless I don't know, maybe you shorten the rounds, but. That's the way they're doing it. But look, Lance Palmer, who we're going to have, is fighting Steven Seiler for a million dollars. Now, if I'm in the UFC right now, or I'm in Bellator, or I'm in 1FC, and I'm looking around and I'm going, I think I can beat Lance Palmer or Steven Seiler. Steven Seiler was good, mm-hmm. good fighter. But there are guys, I'm sure, that they're going, and I'm fighting for $12,000 or twenty. Why wouldn't I jump over there? Mm-hmm. I mean, Vinny Magalish uh, was, is going to fight for a million dollars on New Year's Eve. If he wins, he wins a million dollars. That's so crazy. So a lot. I mean, and and the thing is, like, his record was like one in three in the UFC or something. He, he was, fought in the UFC. Yeah, he lost to Phil Davis. He he was in the Ultimate Fighter finale. He got knocked out by Ryan Bader. Uh-huh. And he, uh huh. But he did he did okay. But it wasn't. You could see the, how he's motivated now. Yeah. He's just wrecking people right now. Yeah. I mean, he's head kicking people. I don't know you can throw a fucking head kick. Well, there's a million dollars on the line, dude. I'm gonna be throwing some head kicks too, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I honestly think if I'm in other organizations that I'm looking over at PFL, I mean, you have to win two fights to qualify for the tournament. That's mm. how it is. You, and, and, you, and you get points. So, you, if you knock somebody out, you get six points. If there's a, 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 another point system, and if you, so if you win one of the, if you win two of those fights or one of those fights, I mean, Eddie Gordon's in a tournament. Eddie, mm-hmm. Eddie went 0-2 but was an alternate. Mm-hmm. And so he's now fighting for, if Eddie Gordon wins three fights right now, Eddie Gordon's like one and four in his last fight. But if, if he wins three fights starting on Saturday night, he's going to walk with a million dollars. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's got to entice other fighters. Yeah. Um, I know Eddie Alvarez, he parted ways. He's in with the one UFC. FC. I he think they're doing to, yeah. really well for him money wise. That Eddie Alvarez, look, I love Eddie Alvarez. Mm-hmm. I'm an Eddie Alvarez fan for life. I just worry that he's taking so many fucking hard punches in this. I mean, there's not been an Eddie Alvarez fight he's ever been in where it wasn't a war, uh-huh. uh, except for ones that you know was dominated. But even the Dustin Poirier fight, he went out or he, he got rocked. The last one, the Conor McGregor fight. You look at his fight with uh, Benson Henderson, his fights with Michael Chandler. I mean, Eddie Alvarez has been in so many fucking wars mm-hmm. that you kind of, I kind of hope he just rides off to the sunset. I know he's like, look. He won the Bellator belt. Mm-hmm. He won the UFC belt. He's like, well, well, I'm the only guy to ever do that, and then I want to win the the one FC belt. But really, I mean, I get it. Either he's terrible with money, and he spent it all, or whatever. But I would assume he's set for life. I would assume. You think so? I wonder. Maybe not. I mean, he lives in New Jersey. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy's gonna go out and buy Bentleys and shit. He's not making yeah. it rain at strip clubs. He's a married guy. I don't think. I, I mean, he's got how many fights of the nights? How many bonuses? That's a lot. But is that enough to cover the rest of your life? Maybe. Or you could open up a gym and teach privates. I mean, how much money do you... I don't know. I just don't think that at a certain point, it's diminishing returns. Mm. And I don't want to see Eddie Alvarez with brain damage. Yeah. Now, Eddie Alvarez knows Eddie Alvarez best. And he's got a great coach over there. Those guys over there are great. And trades over Frankie Edgar. And you talk to Eddie Alvarez, he seems fine. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's not punchy. How old is he? 
I don't know, yeah. but it's in like in fight years, he's like ninety. At what age for a fighter do you look at them and start to go, "Oh, I think it's time to slow down, dude." It's like in your mid thirties, maybe uh, I really late thirties. I don't think it matters by age. I think it's experience because, like, you look at Cormier got a real late start. Yeah, even Bro- uh, Brock got a late start. Some of these guys have got later starts. Yo Romero, mm-hmm. who he's got sixty, he's like sixty, but he started when he was fifty-eight or something. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> so I would say with those guys, no. But the guys that didn't go to college and went right to fighting, mm-hmm. so they're starting fighting at eighteen or nineteen, and then they're probably thirty. Mm-hmm. You could go, okay, you know, like the Joe Lozans of the world. You're like, all right, you, you've taken a lot of punches. Do you still need to do this for a living? Mm-hmm. But then other guys love it, and like, who am I to say? to deny a guy to make a make a living mm-hmm. i just and if people people are going to watch it i just you i hate to see guys make a living based on beating guys like like bj penn right now what the fuck does bj penn have to bring? who's he fighting i don't know he has a fight he's line fighting up. hall oh uh, ryan hall yeah so ryan hall's not known for his amazing stand-up yeah uh, he's very awkward like he throws those kicks and he does the imanari rolls yeah he looks blocks. like he looks like uh, when you're playing a video game and your button gets jammed yeah. and it keeps going in that one thing yeah. or, like, or you're doing that one move or someone's Hi Duken, Hi Duken. Yeah, it looks like that. But uh, look, I like Ryan Hall. I like him too. He, he, he won the Ultimate Fighter, didn't he? Won the Ultimate Fighter. He's got Tourette's Syndrome. Uh, He's fought once in the past five years. It, it's almost impossible to not like a guy like Uriah Hall. Uh, Ryan Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, But at the same time, he just I just kind of don't... I don't want to see the guy get fucking... Hurt, you know. I mean, BJ Penn. Yeah, BJ Penn. I don't. I, what does he have to prove? The guy's he's already one of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. What does what being beating Ryan Hall prove for him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and mean, what does that do? Yeah. I mean, uh, prime BJ Penn. Ryan Hall wouldn't last a minute. <laughs> I mean, even thirty. I wouldn't even give thirty seconds against BJ Penn. Mm-hmm. Pro, any version of Ryan Hall. Um. But now I almost think Ryan Hall's gonna win. When I is do. when is that fight? I don't know, man. Uh, so anyway, so the PFL this week though, you know, a lot of these guys that, that are fighting in the PFL also are, are guys that went like five and one in the UFC. All, a lot of these Dagestani guys, like a million dollars, fuck the UFC. Uh, I'm going to this. So that, that's this Saturday night, by the way. Um, Where can people like, watch it? You can watch it on Facebook Watch, and I'm doing commentary, guys. I'm doing commentary. That's the on best Facebook part, Watch. Dude. Me and Alan Juban are doing commentary on Facebook Watch from my house. So you could do it. You could watch it there from my house. Facebook Watch, um, and then wait. So are you guys like sitting on your couch, like with headsets on? Yes. Talk. That's so cool, yes, dude. Yes, we're doing That's that. That's awesome. This Saturday night, we're doing that. So make sure you <laughs> tune in that. So uh, Eddie Gordon is fighting Artur Ali Bulatov, uh, Khabib's cousin, uh, who's really good. Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov is taking on Bojan Velokovic. That should be a good fight. Uh, Khabib's cousin is no joke. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody related to, to Khabib is no joke. Hopefully Dylan Dennis's cousins in the, in the crowd <laughs> will jump over the fence and fucking jump on him and we can do the whole thing over again. That's so funny. Uh, Rex Harris, uh, he's really good against Lewis Taylor, whose nickname is Put the Guns Down because he wants to end gun violence. He's from Chicago. It's a nice positive message. Yeah, put the, we should all do that. Like, you know, like, hug a stranger. That should be someone else's nickname. Or like, uh, uh, Don't run away after you hit a pregnant lady in a car. That's not, there you go, very specific. Uh, yeah. I, I, was, I was thinking more like wear a condom. Like, Adam, wear a condom hunter. Uh, Pavel Kush is taking Magomed, Magomed Karimov. So they just took the same first name and last name. Ahead of the, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really sure why they did that, but uh, fuck it. And then, some, and then John Howard, who has autism, by the way. Really? Are you yeah, serious? He has autism. And uh, 
it was hard because like I write jokes for all these guys and I didn't want to touch that one because I was just trying to figure out a, a good way to and I was like uh, you know um, yeah I got you but uh, Shamil Gamzatop so Shamil who's undefeated 12-0 and 0. he's fighting John Howard uh, and then Rick Story Rick the Horror Story he was going to retire and join the um, join the uh, the, the fire um to become a fireman he's like fuck that uh, I'm actually uh, I'm doing this against Sabadu C and Ray Cooper the third against Jake Shields Ray Cooper the yeah. third now Jake beat Ray's father in a fight really? but then Ray knocked this is like the fucking this is like the whole this is like Creed 2 you know yeah. but, um, but, but Ray knocked out Jake earlier in the year so, are you serious yeah, this is a rematch that's interesting dude there's a lot of drama on this card a lot card. of drama on this card uh, also um, Absolyan Magadamedov is taking on Gassan Yumulatov. Uh, so and then uh, yes, yeah, this is good. It's a it's a good uh, it's a good. It's, it's gonna be a good. lot of names that are difficult to pronounce, but you know what? Yeah, it's no big deal. It's, it's gonna be a barn like burner. Someone said it's Dagestan versus the world. Is basically what the. Thing I'll is. watch that fight card every single week. Yeah, I love the dude. The Dagestani fighters are on a different level, dude. Yeah, I know. well, that's something I heard uh, Lance Palmer last week. I was watching the Facebook watch. He said that high school they have high schools over there just for wrestling. Are you serious? No yeah. math, no, no science. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like five. I mean, but what do they do? Like, like, like. Course one is like uh, takedowns. Course two is escapes. Course three is like uh, hand control. I, just, just wrestling all day long. Every single math word problem is about wrestling. If I would do two takedowns in five minutes, they, they don't even do it. Just wrestling. Yeah. Six, five days a week wrestling. I mean, it shows in their fighters, dude. You got Zabit, Khabib. You think? That's I all know. I can name right now at it's, the moment. It's, it's crazy. These guys are just like, fuck it. Like, they're like, you know what? We're not. We're just going to school for wrestling. I, I like. At what point do you determine that which guy is going to go? Like the kid that, like a five year old, you're uh-huh. just going to take him out and be like, "Oh, he's beating the other kid up at the playground." Like you're going to wrestling school? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I I said for sure that that dude who's like part of Khabib's team, Islam Makashev. Oh, he's good. I, I swore he's going to be champion someday, dude. He's so good. But he was involved in that brawl, sort of. So I don't know if he's going to be sticking around the UFC or what. I think uh, he got popped for steroids too a couple years ago. Are you serious? I believe I'm pretty sure that that was that was the case. No, I don't give a fuck. He's good. So last week, let's talk about some of the fights that happened last week. In we, Bellator? Bellator. <laughs> Chael Sonnen. Look, I love Chael Sonnen. He's a friend of mine. You know, me and Chael go way back. Uh-huh. I don't understand his thought process when it comes to fights sometimes. You think he has a low fight IQ? I don't know. I think that when you have Fedor and you're on the back of Fedor and you're punching him in the face to do a forward roll... To try to take his back by to, flipping 300-pound Fedor over your body. <laughs> a move that's, like, never been done in the history of MMA. Yeah. I mean, it's a jiu-jitsu move, I heard, but, like, why would you do that? I yeah. mean, I don't... People were saying the fight was fixed. I don't think it was fixed, because I don't think he could... Like, when he took those punches and stuff, I don't think it was fixed. I just don't understand the thought process. Like, I understand the spinning back fist against mm-hmm. Anderson Silva. Like mm-hmm. everyone's like, "Why would he do that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, all right, that I'll, I'll give you that. That might have been like people have landed spinning back fist before in fights, mm-hmm. but to do this move, I don't get it." Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. was very, very surprised with the outcome of that fight. Sort of disappointed because I thought I had high hopes for Chael in that fight. I had Chael winning that fight, and you know, Chael's one of the dudes in the MMA community where like everybody looks up to him because he's so smart and knowledgeable about the sport. Yeah. But then when he goes in and fights like this, it's kind of funny, dude. But uh, it was cool. Did you see the video when they were backstage after the fight? Yeah, and, and then talking. he gave him the sweater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it was, it was cool, but I, I don't. I still like. 
I don't know. That was just weird. Well, when you watch that fight and then you go back and watch uh, Chael versus Tito in Bellator, and it's like there's also a lot of a lot of fishiness going on with that fight too because he tapped out. What, what happened in that fight again? He Chael tapped out when like the, the yeah another move even... that was strange. He had him and then got reversed. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I was sitting with Don Fry and Josh Barnett uh-huh. ringside, and I was like, was that? Did he throw that fight? And they were like, yes. Okay, those guys. Uh, we're like, but, but then again, I don't, I don't think Chael's gonna do that. I don't think he was. I don't know. It was just weird. That was. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I don't. The Tito fight looked a lot more suspicious than this fight because yeah, he took some big shots yeah. from Fedor. It, like, he, I don't think he's gonna take those shots. And if he does take those shots, why wouldn't he just go down? And that that would be it, you mm-hmm. know. But I don't understand. I, it just it was strange. It was really really strange. Yeah, I mean, he got rocked in the first like ten seconds of that fight. And there's a lot of turtling up uh, for Chael in the fetal position and, yeah. you know, damn, dude. But who knows? I, I hope he comes back. I mean... I don't know. He, <laughs> I, I love Chael. So I love him being in the People were the saying main. it was the best he's ever looked. I, I don't think that's the case. Wait, Chael? Yeah. That was the best he's ever looked? Yeah. Didn't he used to fight? Was he light heavyweight or 185? Dude, when, he, when he fucked up Brian Stan and when he fucked up Shogun and, you know, when he be, he's beating a lot of good guys. Mm-hmm. So he, he and he looked great doing it. What was his weight division in the UFC? One seventy. Really? Oh no, it was a 185. 185. Okay. Yeah, 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 one eighty five. No, I want to. I want to say one seventy against Damian Maya. Do you think just all this extra weight is making him slower? And he's forty years old, and that he hasn't too. really taken. I mean, he's, he's also been popped for some juice and stuff. Uh-huh. And so I, I wouldn't say he's taking care of his body well. You start doing that kind of shit and then going off it and going on and off it. That can't be good for your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Who's that? Who's ever looked better after getting popped for roids? I mean, maybe Josh Barnett because he didn't even need it. And yeah. He was doing it because of for looks. Uh-huh. I mean, but that's who's ever like gone off to juice and has looked better. I don't know, dude. The, nobody. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what other fights happened on that car? Because right, I mean, so we'll talk about that right now. So the Fedor. Uh, ben Henderson looked good. He looked great against Sada Wad. Mm-hmm. This is like I'm telling you. When I watch Ben Henderson train at the lab. And they put me, I got to go to the, the, the pro practice. Mm. I mean, he was beating up everybody, 100%. Just pure grappling? Yeah. Oh, no. Or on the feet, Sparring, too. everything. And he was like, his wife was like telling him chores while he was fighting. And he was like, oh, well, about the, do the dishes. Yeah, do right. the clothes. And it was, but it was amazing. And I'm like, when I watched that fight, I thought, how good does Michael Chandler look? Because Chandler, who beat Henderson pretty bad. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Ben Henderson. In his, in his, if he fights the way he practices, he's a tough, tough out. He's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he beat Sadawad, who who's a great fighter. Yeah. Um, I, I actually Sadawad came to my house one time. I was there. He was on the podcast. Yeah, and then remember there were kittens and I had baby kittens in my yeah. thing, and it was like me, Sad, Georgie Karakanya, and you, and uh, the other guy, and uh, and Sad was playing with the kittens. Yeah. And he goes, you know, you're a good guy because I could tell the way you treat animals. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's really sweet. You know, like that, that sometimes it's the little things people say to you. Like, yeah, that's a good dude. And he's, uh, yeah, so I'm, I, I like Sada a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I think he'll be back. I just think he. Oh, had for tough- sure. It was just yeah. I mean, he's probably just not as strong as Benson is when it comes to grappling and wrestling. But I think he wins almost any other fight against another striker, dude, because he's very, very good and powerful for that yeah. weight division. Uh, Check Congo beat Tim Johnson. That one I was shocked. Dude, that was awesome. <laughs> Why was that I love, awesome? I love Tim Johnson. I love him a lot. He's been on the show, right? Yeah. Uh, but Check Congo, his little the thing I like about Bellator is they have those little like intro things for the wide, for the fighters when they walk out. Like um, Check Congo's is like the lights turned off in the stadium and it says something like the darkness is coming for you or something <laughs> like that. So I'm like, dude, this is some like Black Panther shit or something. He's coming out ready for. He's looking for blood, dude. And, but that was a very, very surprising knockout. That was crazy because they didn't even hit him. And Tim Johnson's got a great chin. Yeah. Uh, I, I spoke to Tim Johnson after the fight. He said he wants to get a, a new fight right away. Um, I don't know what the fuck happened to Tim Johnson in that fight. Well, he's training now with uh, Roy Nelson. I forgot where they train. In yeah, he looks like he's on the Nelson diet. I mean, like, <laughs> it looks like he's been training at fucking, at like uh, some kind of buffet. But I, I like Tim Johnson. I don't yeah. get it. The guy could take, either Chet Congo hits even harder than I thought he was, mm-hmm. or he hit him in the weird spot that just, you don't see the, you know, these those fucking spots, you know? Yeah, Congo's another one of those dudes who's like 45 years old, 55, something like that. And he's like, he's on like a seven fight knockout in the first round. Straight. I remember actually, talking to Dana White from one of the first times I met Dana White we, 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 I met him in Vegas we were at some kind of casino and I was talking about fighting and you could Dana if you're a fight fan Dana will talk to you for hours mm-hmm. like Dana doesn't matter who you are you could be a homeless guy in the corner if he, if, if he knows that you know fights he will give you all the time in the world you know mm-hmm. Dana's Dana's a good guy like that he really is kind of a man of the people in a lot of ways mm-hmm. for a guy who's worth like fucking billions of dollars like he he's doesn't act like it mm-hmm. I mean sometimes he does act like it when he gets snow for his kid uh, on Christmas or you know <laughs> <laughs> five million dollar birthday party yeah shit like that where you're like but even that you're like a lot of I don't know is that is kind of cool I mean the thing is if I had as much money as he had I'd be doing the same exact thing dude if not bigger than that for yeah. my kids you know and I generally do love uh, Dana White very much Me I know too. a lot of people don't like him especially some fighters but just from like a, a personal humanic humanistic level I think he's a genuine good dude speaking of which he actually the other day someone tweeted at him mad about Cormier fighting um, fighting the Black Beast which uh-huh. which I actually agree with the, I hate to say it I, I think Stipe should have gotten that card I right. mean I, even he said like Cormier uh, did an interview with ESPN which Stipe ret- uh, posted saying listen I wouldn't have accepted the, the um, short notice fight against against uh, Stipe because he can beat me in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will accept it against Black Beast because there's only one way he can beat me. Which is actually very honest of him yeah. saying that. But he shouldn't get that fucking call. Like, you should, like if, if the number one guy is Stipe, which it seems like it should have been, he should have had to fight Stipe. Mm-hmm. Short notice or not. Or have Derek Lewis fight Stipe for the... Uh, number one spot. Right. Yeah. Exactly. 1,000%. Yeah. So the fact that he even gets to make that call is a problem mm-hmm. with the UFC right now. Mm-hmm. And, and it probably, probably with Bellator too. Because, and Stipe posts that and someone else says that. And then they tweet Dana about it. And Dana goes, who the fuck do you, who cares what you think? Go watch The View. <laughs> goofball. Go watch The View. Yeah. And like, honestly, go watch The View. Goofball made me laugh. For like, like I was laughing. But also, I guess you have to take into consideration now, Derek Lewis, I mean, he was before, but he's now like a giant social media star ever since UFC 229. I don't care. He gained 2 million followers. So dude. is Taylor Swift. I know. And you know what? <laughs> like, I was at the comedy club on 
Tuesday night. There's uh-huh. like three black comedians like, yo, you see that guy that said like, my balls are uh, hot, on yeah. fire, and, and man, I don't want to fight the champ. Like, they were all laughing about him. Like, yeah, yeah he's a very, very funny guy. Uh-huh. However, this is not a fucking comedy show. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how many... Fo- That's what I kind of like about this PFL thing. I'm, I'm, I'm following these guys. They have 80 followers mm-hmm. and they're up for to win a million dollars. That's how it should be. Yeah. It shouldn't... I, I shouldn't take into account how many followers you have, how funny you are on Instagram to why you should get a title shot. Yeah. It doesn't... That's not sports. That's not... That's not I understand it's entertainment, but fuck entertainment. Okay, I'm in it for the sport. So, do you think now um, Conor McGregor deserves the rematch against Khabib, or do you think it should just go to Tony? Since uh, Conor was champion, um, I could see it both ways. You know, um, McGregor was a very effective champion, and he, he didn't—he didn't, he didn't defend the belt. Yeah. Very often, but he earned the title. But the way he was beating people, mm-hmm. the way he beat Aldo. The way he beat Eddie Alvarez, the way he beat even Chad Mendez, even though he kind of lost that fight, you could argue yes, okay? But the way he got beat by Khabib, dominated, mm-hmm. knocked down on the feet, maybe he won round three. I kind of gave him round three. But no, you know, whereas Ferguson hasn't lost in, what, four years? Long Five years? Time, yeah. When was the last time Ferguson lost? It was to, ooh, Danny Castillo? Is that who be? I mean, I don't even a know, long dude. time ago. I think it was. I think it was against Danny Castillo. I believe. So I would rather see Khabib Ferguson. Yeah, I haven't talked to anybody who's who'd rather see Conor Khabib too. I just that fight. I think it goes exactly the same way the first fight went. But here's another thing. What do you think about, or do you think the UFC should do this in the first place? Is make that 165 division. So there's because there's such a big clusterfuck in the 155 with all these like you got Tony, Dustin, Nate, all these like great prospects and people love to watch these guys fight. Don't you think it'd be better to sort of disperse all that? Uh, cluster to bring him yes, to the 165. Yes, but then what do you do at 170? I don't know. Dude, that's what everyone doesn't think about. Then what? Up, so now that's five pounds. So it's 155, 165, 170. I guess you do 162.5. Oh, shut up! Weight division. Well, then you got to make. Then you got to make 175 of the, the the weight class. So then what do you do with Tyron Woodley and all these 170 guys? So now, so now. That the problem is 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 not the one sixty five. It's the weight class above it. Mm-hmm. So that you go fifty five, sixty five, seventy. So so now you have now it's even more of a clusterfuck. Yeah, because then you're gonna have all these different champions want to fight each other so for the, each other's belts. So then what what do you do? Do you do you take do you take uh, Woodley's belt away? It's yeah, like, I didn't even realize one sixty five was only five pounds away from seventy. That's the issue. That's what no one's thinking about. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, they're gonna make it sixty five, but then 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 you got to make it a seventy five. Uh-huh. So you go, okay, everyone at one seventy is now one seventy five. Okay, but what about the guys who are also in the middle who can make one seventy? But they can't make 165. But now they're too small for 175. So that's the issue right there. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't think is that big of an issue. I think you could make a 175, and you could just say Woodley's now the 175 pound champion. Right. But you're gonna have an issue. So I mean, like, look, the issue is the is the the difference between how to do it now is 155, 170, 15 pounds, 185, and then 205, which is 20 pounds. So. If you make a 175, then now is that too close to 185? What about 185 pounders who can make 175 but can't make 170, right? So then those guys then drop down. Yeah. So then do you make it 190? 
And then you, and then you make a 210? I, I mean, do you want to well do a 230? Follow the guys that are trucking, can make 230, but are, then you have a super heavyweight 275. So that's the <laughs> issue there. Damn so, it. So, yeah, I mean, it, there is, 165, there are a lot of guys in there who could, who would be good in that weight class. Colby Covington would be good. James Krause would be good. Uh, Khabib would, right, would probably be good, he said. Or, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that maybe Ben Askren said he would go to 165. So there are a lot of guys out there that that could make it, but th- that's the problem. So damn, dude. What? what? I mean, that's crazy. I didn't take uh, that five pound difference into consideration. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't do that. So all right. So then also uh, Henry Corrales won his fight. That was pretty cool. Um, this other guy won on Saturday night in like who's this guy? There was a guy that won in seven seconds. Uh, I think that was on. Oh, so Bellator was weird this week. They had a thing on Friday night as well. Yeah, it was uh, Bader and Mitrione. Yeah, and Bader just fucking destroyed him. Yeah, I don't know what Bader's on. I mean, I don't know how you get a six pack by moving up twenty pounds. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he's done anything, but he looked fucking great. Uh-huh. He just destroyed Mitrione. He's probably gonna win the entire contest. I don't see Fedor beating him. At the same time, his chin sometimes is a little suspicious. Wouldn't that be awesome if Fedor actually won that shit, dude? I'm, that's probably what they're hoping. Yeah. And I thought Fedor was done. When Fedor barely beat that dude, what's that guy's name? The guy that fought Kyle fucking... Oh, there was a guy he fought that, like, just takes fucking... I forgot the guy's name, but... In Bellator? No, it was, like, in some Polish oh. or English. It was some crazy fight, but... There was a while where Fedor, I thought, was done. When Dan Henderson knocked him out. Oh, and was it um, Was it the controversial decision? Yeah, that yeah. fight. I don't, know, I don't know the dude's name, but the I guy, remember I love that, that guy. The guy The guy is great, but I forgot the guy's name. Uh, but when he barely beat that guy, and I thought he lost to that guy, I'll, I'll look right now, was the guy's name. That's when I thought Fedor was done, but I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's kind of weird that Bellator had two events back-to-back. I didn't even know about the, the Bador-Mitrione card. I just thought uh, Chael Bador? was fighting. Bader. Bader, yeah, Bader yeah. whatever his name is. I just thought that it was a chill card that night or that weekend. Yeah, a lot of people don't do that. Bellator does great where they don't tell anybody. <laughs> I, I love going on Instagram and seeing Roy Nelson getting knocked out. Fabio Maldonado. Yeah, that's who it is. That's the guy. Yeah, Roy Nelson. I mean, I love Roy Nelson, but I don't know what he's doing either. He looks like he didn't, uh, he didn't train at all. I think he looks like that for all of his fights physically. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I like Roy. I'll, I'll watch Roy Nelson fight any day. But uh, he's another guy where, like, man, how many punches is this guy going to take? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. But that's the first time he's actually been knocked out, isn't it? Well, uh, well he says he's taking some damage, I guess. He once punched himself when Carl Jr. was closed and knocked himself out. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, Roy, Roy Nelson. Uh, yeah, so what else? Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that, was, that was crazy. That guy looked really good, that Russian. That Russian dude looked yeah. really, he looked really, really good. Um, really, really good. And then also on that card, Lorenz Larkin won. So it was good to watch that guy win. Kimbo Slice's kid lost. Baby Slice. Baby Slice, man. Baby Slice. I, I think the Baby Slice experiment, they might have to t- he may have to go to LFA or, or get some. I think Bellator, is, it's too much for him. Is he on a losing streak? He's like two and two or maybe three and two. But he fought a guy that they brought in for him to knock out. Mm-hmm. The guy was good on his the guy was good on his feet, but not really. He was really good at jiu-jitsu and he outhearted him. I mean, Kimbo is really good for or not Kimbo Jubi baby flies is good for like 30 seconds and then he just kind of <laughs> just kind of gives up and he kind of gave up against this this kid. Mm-hmm. Um Corey Browning is his name. 
And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know about this. I don't know about this Kimbo Jr. kid. I like him. And then, and then, my, and then my friend Christy Lopez lost. Mike Kimball's the guy who won in six seconds. He won in six seconds, and it was cool. After the fight, he's like, man, I didn't get laid for a month, and uh, I cut out fucking sweets, candy, and sex. It was, it was uh, Mike Kimball. Good, good job. That's awesome. Yeah, I like So he was upset that he won so fast? No, he was happy. Oh. But yeah, this kid got this kid has like skills. Uh, he, he, has, he has legit skills. So, um, That's awesome. What's the, when's the next UFC event? The next UFC event. Good question, Joe. I don't even know what the who's fighting on it. I think it might be the Frankie Edgar one. Oh, the next Korean UFC zombie? fight is no Volkan versus Anthony Smith. Oh shit, that's a good one. It's in Canada, October twenty seventh. Legal weed all across the country in Canada. Michael Johnson uh, is taking on uh, Artem Lobov. Yeah, Artem Lobov. That's on this card. They yeah. just made that fight too. Yeah, well, because it was supposed to be. The other guy, it was Khabib's friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who got suspended. And Khabib tweeted out, like, if you don't let my friend fight, I'm done. Uh-huh. Did you see what he tweeted out? Yeah, I saw that. It was pretty damn cool. Yeah, I'm going to leave the UFC. Blah, and then, blah, like, blah. keep the money. So, yeah, so I got Anthony Smith over Volkan. I got Michael Johnson destroying Lobov. But he's the GOAT, dude. He, he's the on. GOAT. I like, I like him, he's but. Smash Michael He's the one who started this whole fucking thing. Him getting slapped started everything i know yeah he's the greatest of all time dude he's gonna move, he's gonna be the champion in every Why single weight division make fun of the guy i mean the guy's all he is is connor's friend he seems like a nice enough guy i mean he's 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 actually very very smart too he speaks like four different languages yeah he's very intelligent but he just he's like a giant meme on us uh, mma social media why. i don't know where it came from uh, because i mean he almost won the ultimate fighter he lost to ryan hall uh-huh i think he got cut and then connor like begged them to put him back on yeah pretty good but Everyone shits on this guy. I think it's just because he's Connor's sidekick. And, and he loses most yeah. of his fight. But I like him. <laughs> I love Artem, dude. Uh, I hope he wins. I hope, no. Against Michael Johnson? Yeah, Come dude. On, man. Come on. I want him to jump on the cage. Uh, Gian Vellante versus Ed Herman. Should be a good fight. Yeah. Gian Vellante is another guy who like could be undefeated if he just just move his head mm-hmm. um, Patrick Cummings against Mirsha, Misha Sirkinov that should be a good fight I like uh, Patrick Cummings because he always looks like he got hit by a train in every single one of his fights he hasn't been performing very well though yeah uh, he's got he's to pick it up uh, Sean Strickland versus Nordin Kaleb uh, Calvin Guitar is fighting and Sarah Morass is fighting uh, Talita Bernardo I don't know who that is but fuck it um, okay yeah it's a good card though so that's the next UFC and then the UFC after that is Cormier Lewis. It's so crazy. I can't believe they're making that fight. I can't believe it. I, I hope I hope Derek Lewis wins. That would be so funny, dude, if there, he's a champion. There's a part of me that wants to see him to be champion. Yeah, all right. But I don't think it's going to happen. I feel like he's a dude who won't even give a fuck if he wins. <laughs> like, no, I'm going if he home, wins. Do some Popeyes. Uh, or I could see him like getting a blowjob during the interview or yeah. something for some chick. I mean, he, I mean, he basically said, I'm going to go eat my wife's pussy. After he won, mm-hmm. the Karen Bryant was like, "What are you gonna do tonight?" He's like, "I'm gonna put my wife's legs in the air and chow down." Like, he's that's so fun. I love him, dude. I want him to be champion, but I also love DC. DC was. It's so funny how he started out like in the whole uh, when he was feuding with John Jones, even though he still is. He was yeah. always getting booed. People hated DC, but now he's like the people's champ, dude. Everybody loves him. I think being an announcer has helped a lot for him. Yeah. I, I love when he people, announces. People, people got to know him, and they they realized that like how good of a guy he is, but how much he knows and likable. I think that was the best thing to happen for his uh, his, his popularity. Yeah, I love him. All right, so let's, for call, him. let's call Jessica I see if she's gonna pick up. Hello. Fuck. Why, why is it not working? Help. Pause it. 
Hello. Is this Lance, the party starter? Palmer? Yes, sir. Night, you're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. Now, are you... I thought you were the party starter, but then now you're the party? Is it? Did you take, take away starter? No, I'm just the party. I always have been. Oh, I thought you were the party starter. I'm the starter, the ender, <laughs> the reach-arounder, whatever you want me to be. <laughs> wow, the reach-arounder. That, that fucking Team Alpha Male. That must have been, I guess that's how you and Uriah got so close. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it was a big hit. That's how we got so close. Yeah, Hell, yeah. By the way, I actually um, <laughs> I, I watched you on Facebook Live last week. On the PFL, you did a really good job. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I've been trying to get some uh, some broadcasting stuff going, but um, it just hasn't really come about. Just because I've, I mean, the cards that I've been on, obviously, I can't do, but I'd like to do it on the cards that I'm not on. So hopefully, that's something we can do for season two. No, you did a good job. Actually, I was interested because um, there was some stuff you were saying about how you went to Dagestan and they have high schools just for wrestling. Yeah, their schooling is literally like gymnastics or wrestling or sambo or like it's really just how they're it's just a really different culture over there because I wrestled in Dagestan when I was uh, about 15 years old. We did a tour over there with uh, athletes in action. So I kind of learned a lot about their culture and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. So there's no math, English, science, just wrestling all day. I mean, I know they. I know they have schooling, but you go to like a school of wrestling or a school of uh, sambo and stuff like that. So they, you can literally just go to school. You're since you're a little kid all the way up, because the. I mean, the Russian government does a lot with the their Olympic team, and they're they're very involved in sports out there. So um, there's a lot of backing for uh, Olympic sports. That's crazy, man. That is, that is a. It is. It's a. It's a. It's a whole different culture. It's pretty cool, though. And, and how do they? How did the Dagestanis treat you over there? They were actually really. They're really welcoming, honestly. I mean, Dagestan was. You know, the Southern Caucasus was the tour that we did, and there are a lot of uh, a lot of tough wrestlers that come out of there, and there's a lot of like you know, 15 year old kids that like I was wrestling at 15 years old over there kids are doing you know collegiate and international level moves in at that high school age i mean they're they're learning this stuff at such a young age and they're doing it every day day in and day out and uh they're really talented and that that's what was really intriguing to me is like that's all they do and you know they they really immerse themselves in that so because it's a, it's a rough life over there i mean there's we had armored vans we lit we stayed at a, in a hotel that had uh you know armed guards and stuff like that and big walls blocking people out so it was it was pretty crazy now now what is it about like uh, i talked to ally aquinta Al aquinta was i think a second in the state of new york wrestler wrestled for national community college i believe he, he plays in, in junior college but he said when he when he fought khabib it was a different kind of strength now what is that from is that from lifting like rocks all day or bears or trees like what what did he mean by that and how does that happen I think it's just the level of wrestling. You learn how to use your body. You learn how to use your hips. You learn different pressure without having to use all your energy to sap out the other guy's energy. And that's probably what Al was talking about. I mean, it's just a whole different, just a whole different game when you get to that level of grappling or wrestling or you know any type of style like that. It's just it's learned over so many years and so many repetitions of doing it a certain way. 
Yeah, no, it was crazy. Yeah, I, I, there's a kid on my team that I coach from uh, Chechnya who, it's like that. It's like he, he, he didn't look very, you know, imposing, but he has this, he can throw kids across the mat. And uh, it just has that like inner inner core strength, and I think that's uh, that's part of it. Let's talk about you, man. So you are now fighting on New Year's Eve for a million dollars. What's that? Sorry, you cut out. So okay, so you're fighting New Year's Eve for a million bucks. Yep, it's actually for nine hundred thousand because the hundred thousand of the tournament was given to us after the semifinals. Oh, well, that's bullshit. And don't even fight then. All right. So, so, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so you're fighting for $900,000. Now, if you, if you lose, yeah. if you lose, what do you get? I think you get a hundred. I'm not sure. A hundred thousand. I know you, I know you get paid. I'm pretty sure the deal was a hundred because there was a, they had to split it between, they basically split the hundred and the 900 for the finals. So the loser still gets something for fighting. Now you I'm pretty had, sure that's how they broke it down. And you had a really, really tough, tough go with this. I mean, you fought Andre Harrison, who beat you. Andre was undefeated. He was a good wrestler, tough kid. And you, uh, you, you worked him, man. Uh, tell us about that fight. Were you nervous going into that? Were you confident? I mean, knowing that you lost the first time? Talk to us. I was, I was really excited going into that one because um, I, some people don't know, but the first time I fought him, I broke my hand in the – first minute and a half of the first round and it was a it was a really tough fight to fight with one hand i i couldn't use any grappling the punches i did throw with my left hand i couldn't really make a full fist uh since it was the second time breaking that same metacarpal it just swelled up like a balloon instantly and it was one of those things where i i basically had to fight him with one one limb uh missing and Coming out of that fight, after I had told the media that I broke my hand and had surgery and stuff like that, him and his team were kind of saying that that, that wouldn't have mattered no, no matter what happened, whether I was healthy or not, and that I was just using that as an excuse because I lost. And I'm like, if I lose a fight fair and square, yeah, I mean, I lost the fight. And I even said I lost that fight to him regardless of breaking my hand. But I feel that if I wouldn't have broken my hand, it would have been a totally different game. And so I really wanted to prove that – I could out-wrestle, out-grapple him, and really make him useless on the ground. And so I feel that I proved that uh, two weekends ago. No, you did, man. I mean, you beat him two out of three rounds, the first maybe even three rounds of nothing. That first round, you dominated Max Koga, but he almost – were you nervous at all in that he kind of hit you with a submission, right, late in the fight? Was it close? No, it wasn't. I guess it looked really bad on, uh, on Facebook Live from what people were saying, but um, I've been in really bad positions with Dustin Akbari, Chris Holdsworth, um, you know, guys at 10th Planet, some of, some of the best ankle lockers in the game. And I really didn't, I wasn't even tweet. He didn't really have my ankle locked correctly. And I was in a position where I could have just spun out, but then we could have gone back to our feet where he's comfortable. So I wanted to stay there. And knowing that he didn't really have the knowledge to finish me from there, I just kind of stayed there and, um, I was comfortable there. If I felt like I was in a, a position where I really needed to, to get out from there, I would have been able to spin out because he didn't have the legs locked correctly. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I, I, was, I was nervous for you, but I was like, fuck, I hope he doesn't. Now, was there any chance of you tapping, even if he had it right, right, knowing the million dollars in the line, he has your ankle, mm-hmm. was there any chance of you tapping? No. 
So you I would have would, let that thing rip off just to win that. Because even if he wins that round, I won the first round, so I would have won the fight. And then even if my ankle was bad, I would have gone into the fight. Taking Harrison down, knowing that, you know, my ankle was hurt, knowing that I needed to get it down, and I probably would try to take care of it. Now, how many people are, are hitting you up right now? I know, I know you're married. Uh, you got you got a great girl, hot girl. I know your your family's and thing. Are people already like hitting you up for money? Are they already assuming that you're going to win the million dollars? <laughs> oh, my dad, but he's been hitting me up for money for years. <laughs> <laughs> you did, yeah. Other no, other everybody's cool. I mean, I'm the type of person that's been down to earth. No matter whether I'm poor, or whether I make you know 150 grand a fight, it, it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, the money is cool, but it's more for me the the pride of winning the first season and being the first featherweight champ of the PFL season one. And I was the first finalist technically because my semifinal fight was before Siler. So, and it was actually technically the first semifinal fight of this whole season. So I'm the first finalist of PFL, and that like stuff like that's more impressive to me, you know, for the the history books than actually. I mean, the money is cool, but money comes and goes. Now, Steven Seiler is a, a tough guy. I mean, it's, you know, he's one of those guys you have to kill to beat. He's, he's never out of a fight. And you're probably going to be the heavy favorite. Uh, what are, you, are you planning on just demolishing this guy, or do you just want to take him down, ride him out, just get that win? Well, I know he's tough. I mean, I dominated him last year, and he was hard to put away, and I ended up winning a decision. But he's a guy that... You're right. You really have to kill him to put him away. I dropped him in the first round with the left hand, and uh, Yamasaki kind of jumped in and jumped out and made it kind of weird for a second, but I feel that I could have finished him if it wasn't for that. But I landed some heavy shots of ground and pound right after I dropped him, and, and he was still there. So he's definitely a tough guy, and, and he has some sneaky submissions too. I mean, he can, he can kind of catch guys shooting in with guillotines, and he's, he's pretty squirrely off his back with triangle attempts and arm bars and stuff like that. But I feel if I, if I just stay, stay composed, stay sharp, that, um, that I should be able to go in and dominate. But obviously, you know, one year apart from our last fight is a long time. He's changed gyms to train. I changed gyms to train. I feel like we've both gotten better. So it's going to be an exciting fight, and I'm looking forward to it. He's always a top competitor. He always shows up. Now, you left Team Alpha Male. You're at Extreme Couture now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've been at Extreme. Um, I kind of train at a few different gyms, but I consider Extreme Couture my home now. And, uh, you know, I go to 10th Planet with uh, Coach Casey Halstead over there. He's one of uh, Eddie Bravo's black belts. And then I go to the UFC Performance Institute. When I train with Joseph Benavidez, and I do a lot of strength and conditioning work and recovery work over there as well. So I kind of, I use all the, a lot of people in Vegas don't really use all the assets they have available there. There's a lot of different places to train there, a lot of people to learn from. So I'm just kind of soaking it all in. Was there any resentment amongst Team Alpha Male? Because you were a pretty, very important guy over there when you left? I don't think so. I mean... After I fought Harrison in March of 2017, my wife and I moved from Sacramento to Columbus, Ohio, kind of just to grow our roots back in Ohio again and kind of get settled in before we decided to start having kids. So it was more of a family move than than an actual team thing because I didn't really know where I was going to be training for this season until about March when I went out to train with Benavidez. He kind of, he's like, hey man, why don't you come out for a week and train? 
Um, we can hang out, get some training in. And Joe's one of my best friends that I've met through MMA. You know, I consider him a very close family friend as well. So I went out there, trained for a week, and then I decided that I was going to do my first uh, camp there. Since he fought the day after me when he fought Pettis in Chicago, my first fight in New York was uh, the day before him. So we kind of did our first camp together. as Everything went smoothly. I had some great training partners out there, some new styles, some just new looks. That's basically all it was. I mean, I've trained with all the guys at Alpha now the last seven and a half years, and when you train with the same people and the same styles for so long, you don't really realize that you're you're not evolving as much as you could be. So it was just more of a, a fresh change. It was nothing against Alpha Male or, um, you know, nothing they had against me or nothing I had against them. It was just a, I feel like I wanted to do something different, and I feel like it's helped me a lot this year. So you weren't involved in that Justin Bosholz controversy or any of that? No, I, he was actually in Alaska when I did my camp for Siler last fall, and he went to Alaska for a month to visit his family, and that was during the beginning of Cody Garbrandt's camp when he fought Dillashaw the first time. So there was a lot of controversy going on, and I was just I was staying with a buddy that lived out there still, and I was doing my camp there away from home, and I was just kind of doing my own thing, and that's when I realized, I was like, man, I need some structure we used to have great structure at Alpha Male, and I felt like it was kind of falling to the wayside a little bit. So I basically did that whole camp by myself, had my own people put together for that camp, my own coaches outside of the gym as well. So it was one of those things where I was like, well, I guess it's a good thing. You know, it, it kind of showed me that I needed to branch out a little bit, kind of, you know, spread my wings and do my own thing a little bit. So I guess, I mean, it was a good thing, but... I'm I'm still great friends with Buckles. I actually just texted with him yesterday. Okay, so the guys weren't texting you like, "Oh my God, we hate bushels," you know, treehouse meeting kind of thing. And then you were texting back like, like, you weren't like in the middle of it. No, not at all. I mean, nobody really texted about it. It was more of a thing where Buckles is like, Buckles and Faber kind of had a little feud, and then um, I. W- at that point, I wasn't really around because I was back home after my fight. And I fought, I had my wedding the week after I fought Siler last year. So it was like a whole three-month period where I was kind of out of the loop with what was going on over there after Cody had lost to TJ and all that stuff was going on. It kind of simmered down. And then um, and then I found out that it was kind of just an executive decision by Faber to kind of yeah. you know say that Buckles wasn't going to be coaching there anymore. And so it wasn't really like... It wasn't really that Buckles quit. It was more that, you know, he went home uh, for a month to visit his family, and a few guys didn't really like that because they were in camp or they needed him or something like that. And then um, they basically just kind of, you know, cut him as the head coach, I guess you could say. But I don't know. I wasn't really involved with it, so I don't really know the the backstory behind it. Were you surprised that um, Cody lost to uh, Dillashaw the second time? Um. Honestly, honestly, the way that Dillashaw's camp is set up and the way that Dillashaw does things um, and the way that things are going at Alpha Male with like a, a structured setting, I wasn't that surprised. But I'm, I'm great friends with both of those guys. I didn't really have a favorite going into the fight. Like I, like, I like both those guys a lot. I've been great friends. Like, I've known Cody since he was 13 years old. I was one of the big influences of him moving to Alpha Male in the first place um, early in his career. 
Uh, TJ, I've known since the beginning of my career. TJ kind of took me under his wing when I was there. And I went and traveled around with him and trained in Vegas and L.A. and a bunch of different places when I first started training. So I didn't really have like, man, I hope this guy wins or this guy wins. I just hoped that they would have a good fight and neither of them would really get injured in the fight. And that's kind of how I left it. And, you know, when when TJ, TJ was very composed and he went out there and, and you know, he's, he's a smart fighter. He's not a guy you can just go out there and just throw bombs because TJ's going to fight smart and TJ's going to do what it takes to win. So that part of it, I kind of had the feeling that TJ was going to win because he seemed more focused. But uh, other than that, you know, that was about all I had invested in it. Yeah, no, it was a, I was there, and I, I was shocked. I, I, I thought Cody was going to catch him the second time. He learned his mistakes, but I was shocked, you know. But. I, just, I just feel like he needed to regroup and, uh, and kind of get more focused. I think he was focused on a little more – a little more things outside of fighting, which is great, but yeah. if, if fighting is what you want to do and if you want to win that belt back, you got to kind of, you know, zone in. And, and not, I don't know if he was fully focused, but I can't really say because I wasn't uh, there and I wasn't really a part of this camp for that one. So now you have about two months, actually about a month and a half for this fight. Have you started, are you, are you started training for Siler yet or are you kind of going to wait till November or... How are you gonna yeah, do it? so I'm I'm back home in Ohio for the next uh, like week and a half, and then I fly out to Denver for Joe Benavidez fight week, and then um, but I'm I'm training, I'm doing conditioning, I'm doing strength training, I'm wrestling. Um, when I do private training with some of the high school guys here, like this kid Connor Brady, he's a senior this year, he's ranked number two in the country at 152. Um, he's a guy that I actually drill and wrestle with when I do private lessons with him. So I get, I get training in a few days a week with that. I do conditioning training. I run hills. I run stairs. I do, you know, I do a lot of, a lot of different training when I'm at home to kind of let my body heal, but not get out of shape. Right. And then I'll spend the last eight weeks, you know, hitting it really hard in Vegas and get ready for these five rounds and to win this belt. Well, listen, good luck, man. Can't wait to watch it. You earned it. Uh, now, if you win the million dollars, are you going to do it again next year? Try to win another million? Yeah, so that's part of the contract. If you win the tournament, you automatically are – well, you automatically have to do the the next year's uh, tournament. So I'll, I'll be in there for the first fight in May, if, you know, when I win this belt, and, you know, we'll go from there. But – Honestly, just like this season when I took it one fight at a time, even two weeks ago, I was just focused on fighting Max Koga and uh, whoever it was the second fight that night. That you know, whoever it may be, after my fight was done with Koga, then I focused on that. But I do I do a pretty good job of staying focused on what's right ahead of me. And right now, Siler's Siler's the only thing in the way of that for the rest of that million bucks. So I'm excited for this one. Well, keep up the great work, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, take care, brother. Later, brother. Later. All right, that was Lance, the party starter. Or the party. Palmer. The party, the party ender, the reach-arounder. Jesus. That's crazy, huh? Yeah, he's a good dude. Good dude. But I mean, All right, what's up, people? Listen, I want you guys to look better and feel better, all right? And 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. I know I'm 40. 
I've been losing it for a while, okay? It's not good. People make forehead jokes at me. They're like, Adam, can you DVR your dreams? All kinds of stuff, oh all right? God. I know it. And listen, the thing is, when you start to notice your hair loss, it's too late. It's already over. It's a wrap. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Huh? Any bald spots yet? How would you feel if a year from now, if it's business as usual up there? I ask you, do you want a bald spot to pop up? Or do you want to do something about it first? Listen, strike first. It's like the, the uh, Cobra Kai used to say, strike first. Well, thank God for 4 It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. They connect you to real doctors with medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. Well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. No, it's so easy. You answer a few questions, a doctor will review, and prescribe you. Everything. Okay. Listen, order now. My listeners get a month, uh, trial month of Hims for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. See the website for full details. That would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or the pharmacy. Go to 4 slash roasted. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash roasted. 4 slash roasted. Also, I want you guys to have more money, okay? The more money you have, sometimes the easier life is. Well, Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just for the wealthy. Okay, it's a simple and intuitive, clear design with the data presented in an easy-to-digest way. All right? I'm telling you, they, they got no commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. Okay? It doesn't keep all your profits. It's easy to use. Okay, they have a web platform. Also lets you uh, view stocks, collections, and uh, you can learn by doing. Learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks and track favorite companies with personalized news feed. They got custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. All right? Well, this is even better because Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. To sign up at mmaroasted.robinhood.com. That's mmaroasted.robinhood.com. I want you guys to make some money. So go there now. A million bucks, $900,000. I could use that money. Well, you could probably keep half of it, right? <clears throat> you got to put like half the taxes. Yeah, a lot of it so, goes to taxes. People so like, good. they don't realize if you, like, especially in California, I guess it, go, it varies state by state. But if, like, you win, even on a game show, if you win a million dollars, you're not a millionaire because the taxes, it takes away half of that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, who knows? I know the, the big lottery in California is $650 million I'm, right I'm, now. I'm, I'm going to play it tonight. You? Uh, when is it? When's the drawing? I think it's tonight. Are you serious? I think so, yeah. Oh, shit. I got to go. Let's end this podcast. Dude. I got to get some tickets. Yeah, I know, right? So, yeah, I'll give you a couple million if I win. Would you really? Hell yeah. Hmm. Would you really? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, of course. I invested all into a big uh, podcast studio for Wean Dog Radio. Yes. And they roasted. Yeah. Uh, that's it, dude. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. So let's call Jamie Moyle. Uh, let's call this beautiful, tough fighter. I don't know what she's up to. Uh, she hasn't fought in a while, has she? She lost her last fight. Remember she lost to that girl who then called out Vinnie Magalish? No, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. She fought a girl, and then the girl got mad at Vinny Magalish because Vinny said that he was going to train her or never, would never coach against her, and then he did. It was just, it was just crazy against Deanna. Was it, who was it? It was. Uh, look up Jamie Moyle's last fight. We got to get down to the bottom of this, dude. Yeah, it was. It was pretty funny. Like I've never seen someone call out the trainer, 
After the fight. All right. Gotta so. get down to the bottom. Jamie Moyle. She's pretty right. cute, too. Very cute. She's half Asian. Uh, very, very cute. She's what is she mixed with? Other, um, is it white? Hopefully my dick. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Last fight. Yeah, she's definitely a girl that I would... Like Asian and white? Try to disappoint if I was single. It was Emily Whitemore. Whitmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emily then called out Vinny Magalish. Hello? Is this Jamie Moyle? Jamie Moyle. You're on the yeah. MA you're on the MA Roasted Podcast. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. Last time I saw you it was in Sacramento. You looked adorable. You were a little drunk after the show. So I made sure that you got a ride home. because uh, I was I was worried about you. because uh, you're so adorable. And uh that was it. Uh how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm just uh Hanging out at home, waiting for you guys to call. <laughs> nice. So, are uh, you still living in Sacramento? Yeah, I'm still in Sac. I'll be here for a couple more years of straightening and whatnot. And how's that going? It's good. Um, it's great. Jim is freaking amazing, you know? Couldn't ask for more. So, you're at Team Alpha Male. You're with Killers over there. Uh, who are some of the girls you're training with? Um... I am training with Cynthia Calvillo, um, number one spicy savage over there. Yes. <laughs> uh, Sarah McMahon, who's very, very pregnant right now, so she's not really training. Yes. Um, there's just like a handful of like amateur girls, uh, but nice. all like really tough, really focused girls. Good. Well, yeah. I'm, I actually, I, I like uh, I like Cynthia a lot. She came on the podcast recently. She's a, she's a fun girl, a fun person. Um, so do you have a fight coming up or anything scheduled or what's new with you? I have a fight December 15th for Invicta. So that's kind of new. Nice. Um, yeah, I resigned with Invicta. Are we like, are we doing this right now? Is this happening? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) My bad. Um, yeah. So (laughs) I resigned with Invicta and, um, there for a couple more fights, get some wins, and just work hard, focus, and see where it takes me. That's great. Now, where is this fight, and who are you fighting? Um. Oh shoot, I can't talk about this right now, honestly. Okay. Um. All right. Okay. No. No problem. Okay. So, but but is it is it public knowledge? You time with Invicta? Can we, can we say that or no? Yeah, I can say that. I can say that. Okay. All right. Um, so you're fighting for Invicta, December fifteenth. I'm excited. Is it in Kansas City? Is it in Vegas? Is it in uh, Oklahoma? Do we know where the fight is? Um, I do, and I I'm not I don't even think I was supposed to say the date. Just okay, now, all right. I think so, it'll be announced. All right, so all right, all right, all right it'll okay. be announced in the next week. Okay, so no big deal. Don't um, worry, it's all good. All right, well I'm excited. Okay, because you are a, a great fighter. Uh, you've you've had some great fights. Uh, your fight against you you know JJ Aldrich. We, you you finished her. You beat Amy Montenegro. You beat Kaylin Curran. That was a war. I was at that fight. I was, at, I was at most of your fights, actually. Uh, I wasn't at the one in Brazil. But, and then I was at the, the Emily Whitmire fight. That was a very close fight. And we were talking about it. After the fight, she called out your coach, Vinny Magalish. That was a little strange. But... <laughs> I were, mean, Vinny trains at her gym, so I guess it's understandable, you know? But why was he coaching you? Weren't you a team alpha male? Why was he in your corner? Because Vinny's been my coach for years. Like, I'm, I'm under Vinny. Like, I've been belted under Vinny, so... Um, uh, he's always had my back and, you know, we've always stayed friends and everything. So, uh, he, he made it sound like it was cool and 
I was like, all right, you know, it's not like we were like spying on her or anything like that, so it didn't seem like a big deal. Yeah, that got, that, that was hilarious. I've never seen anyone call out the coach before. Uh, that was uh, that was very entertaining. Now, Vinny, by the way, is fighting for a million dollars. All of a sudden, a million dollars on the line, and Vinny's like the greatest fighter in the world. He's head kicking. <laughs> right? He's what head kicking. Place? Other other fights, he goes in there with a beer belly. He loses to guys that are you're like I can beat. And now all of a sudden, a million dollars. He's like doing spinning wheel kicks, and just no one's even coming close to beating him. I'm like, what the fu- what is going on here? It's fucking crazy. Right? Like four first round finishes. He's He's on fire. Yeah, he's killing it. He's absolutely killing it. Now, Jamie, you came on the podcast. It seemed like you and Hanato were very flirty. Uh, I know he's, <laughs> I know he's a rival of Vinny, but it seemed like there was going to be some. There was sparks there. Uh, did you and Hanato ever uh, fornicate, or did anything ever happen? Fornicate? <laughs> um, no, unfortunately, we did not. Um. <laughs> Got it. No. All right. Uh, so that was I've all- never actually met Hanato, but it was fun to like mess around and joke around with him. Oh, okay. But, so uh, it, it was all talk. There was no actual. There was no actually fluids exchanged or anything. Um, do you uh, do you have a boyfriend in Sacramento? Are you still single? <laughs> What's going on? Um. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> you oh. cracked me up. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I actually just started seeing somebody. Um, Ooh. Uh, who, who is it? Who is it? Yeah, is it? Um, his name is Bart, and he's a tattoo artist. All right, Bart, the tattoo artist. Nice. All right. Now, and how did <laughs> how did Bart pick you up? Were you getting a tattoo, and then he was like, "I got you down for two hours. I'm gonna uh, wow you with my charm." Is that how it went down? No. So this gym is actually like uh, a street away from the old team alpha male. So I guess some of the guys used to get sponsored and used to come into the, the tattoo shop a lot. And, uh, I was just walking by with my friends one day and they got some like really crazy art and like crazy zombie dolls and Bruce Lee and stuff like that in the front window. So we were like, Oh, let's go check it out. And I went and met the owner of the shop and he was kind of like trying to set me up with Bart because, um, he just moved here from the UK, actually, and Ooh, uh, the British guy. You know, I guess needed some company, and it just kind of happened like that. It was like a few weeks ago, and uh, you oh, know. oh, so you've been dating him two weeks? For a few weeks, for a few weeks, but I mean, I've never like, like, really felt like this before. You know, especially after a couple weeks. It's got to be the accent, right? The accent kind of when women go crazy, like all of a sudden, a British accent, all of a sudden, it's like slugs on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess it, that's what it must be. <laughs> so okay, so Bar picks you up now. Uh, does he take you out for a date? Does he does he take you to dinner or is just Netflix and, and chill? How did it go? Uh, it, it was actually a really awkward thing that happened. Um, I showed up to hang out, and I don't really drink that much, but when I do, I rage. So like, I showed up to hang out because um, the owner of the shop was like, oh, come hang out tonight, come have drinks at the shop. So I like show up the shop, like a bottle of wine deep, right? Like already really drunk, pretty small, haven't really eaten, so I'm drunk. Drunkity oh, drunk. Right. And I get there, <laughs> and he fucking drinks like shots of Hennessy, so we're like taking a bunch of shots, and pretty much what happened was I got really sick, drip all over the patio, and he like took care of me all night long. I know, and, so, that's uh, like the move for some guys. They, they, yeah, they get these girls... <laughs> look, at, look at that. That's a move a lot of these guys. They get the girls drunk and they don't sleep with them or anything, but they like take care of them. 
And then the guy, the women fall in love. Like, what a sweet guy. He took care of me when I was <laughs> drunk and helpless and didn't take advantage of me. Ah, a lot of these guys are, hmm, hmm, hmm. Interesting. Now, can you beat him up in a fight? Uh, I mean, he he's not like an athlete or he's never trained any, like, anything like that. So, I mean... Yes. Now, a lot of times, like with Sarah McMahon, said she would never date a guy that she could beat up. So it's probably like 99% of the population she could never date. Uh, yeah. Now, but that, <laughs> does that bother you at all or no? No, that doesn't bother me. I mean, I've been around so many fighters and like, I've never really like wanted to get serious with any of them, um, except for like the last guy I dated like years ago. Um, right. So, I mean... Why would it have to be like that? Like, you like what you like, and it doesn't matter what they do or, you know, it, it doesn't matter, right? Like, oh. to me, like, I'm not going to fight my fucking boyfriend, so why do I need him to be able to, like, beat me up? Like, I can protect myself. He can handle himself. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Some of the guys at the, at the gym were asking me the same question. Like, do you think you could date somebody who doesn't fight? And, I mean... I think that's more of like the man's perspective. Like, would you date a woman that could whoop your ass? Like, would that make you feel emasculated? Like, that's that's what it is. It's like the man feeling. It's not my feeling. You know? Right, right, right. No, I I, I have dated a woman that like, whipped my ass actually, and uh, I don't mind it. It's just hard sometimes when we had sex when I couldn't sweep her. Like she was on top and I wanted to get on top, but I she had really good hip control, uh, and then I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I was trying to just. Uh, well, she was yeah. She was like a black belt, and I was like, "Fuck, hey, is it okay if I get on top right now because uh, I can't uh, sweep you?" Um, so that was that was that please, was, please, babe, let me get on top. <laughs> yeah, I I had to tap, and then she thought it was over, and then I jumped on top of her again, to, and, like, and like restarted from the from the from the top. So <laughs> so, so that was good. Now now I would, like now you're a very attractive woman. You're you're half Japanese, right? Yes. So I would say when you walk into Team Alpha Male, a lot of those guys out there, those those you know those college wrestlers, the Tyler Diamonds of the world, and the other guys. Now I know Tyler has a girlfriend, or, and so does Touchy Feely. But are they making a pass at you, or are they like, hmm, look look at this one over here? Uh, are they kind of like uh, trying to get in your pants, or are they just respectful and none of them ever made a move? Um, I don't really put myself out there like that, so. I think I've formed more like kind of brotherly relationships with most of those guys. Um, like Alabama brotherly? Or like I won't say, but, um, you know, boys will be boys, I guess. Wait, wait, you said, wait, you said, wait, you said there was, there was one guy that was trying stuff? There might have been one. There might have been one. Okay. All right. So then what happened? So he says to you like, hey, Jamie, Moyle, I would like to get some Moyle of that ass, right? And then, uh, and then, and then what <laughs> oh did you say? God. Uh, I laugh it off like it's a joke and pretend like I just didn't understand what they said. Ah, that's a good, good. That's a good tactic. I like it. Good strategy, right? Well, because it seemed like 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 Paige Van Zant when she was there, it seemed like she dated Cody and then Touchy Feely, and then it was it was like a lot of guys were like you know they had like a, a line um, to, to, <laughs> to go out with her, not like a, a gangbang line, but like it seemed like there were a lot of guys you know taking their shot. Uh, but but well, you, I mean. They were single at that point, I think. They were all single, and they were all dating each other. And Paige was young, and, you know, when you're young, you see all these hot 
fucking fighters, you know, you're going to want to hook up with them, especially when they're coming after you like that. So Ah, but, you, but you're more of a cougar because you're in your 30s. You've been around the block. You're from Riverside. So you're not going to... Hey, I turn 30 next year, okay, Adam? Come oh, sorry. On. Right, okay. Right, right. But you're more... But you, you've, like, seen this before. You know, you're... You're not gonna. Yeah, I'm. I'm not some 21 year old girl who's fucking enamored by uh, a hot body and tattoos. Right. Right. Got it. Got, <laughs> it. got it. Got it. Well, obviously you are because you're dating a tattoo artist. But uh, I got it. Right. So. Um, <laughs> got it. Got it. Now, now, were you officially? Now, when you said that you're an Invicta now, did they release you from the UFC or did you just jump to Invicta? Um. I actually, I did get cut. Um, I lost two fights in a row and I already was coming in kind of as a favor, didn't have very many fights, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's understandable. And, um, I know I'm making a lot of improvements since I came out here and I know my career's taken off. So, I mean, uh, just go back to Invicta. I love Invicta. They run a great show and Shannon is one of the most amazing people I've ever met. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really stoked to be working back with them and uh, just, to, just to keep fighting and keep showing, you know, all the improvements that I've been making and all that. So Right. Now, now was it hard, though, like when they called you and said that you're cut? Did you cry? Did you or did you say, fuck it, I'll show them? Was there like a because I know if I got I, I've been fired for many, many jobs, uh, so many jobs that I'm used to it. But I would assume that if like if it was UFC, I, I would take that very hard. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, like, I kind of thought it's possible that it would happen, so it's not like it was a huge slap in the face or anything, but, um, I mean, when I got that call, uh, I just like to, like, practice, like, emotional stability and practice, like, being positive and shit like that, so, like, when it happened, I just kind of, like, thought it through and kind of just, like, was solution-minded about it, and I didn't, like, freak out or cry or, like, I know that... You know, I create everything in my life. So, I mean, you know, this, this happened for a reason. So, I mean, what happened, like, I was like, okay. I kind of tried to talk Mick out of it for a second. And then I was like, you know what, fuck it. Accept this. And then um, after I got off the phone with Mick, like, towards the end, I started to cry a little bit. But, I mean, like, literally I hung the phone up and I called Shannon. Like, I, I didn't, like, dwell on it. You know, I just moved forward. I like it. Well, I would have given you a big hug if I was there. Just so yeah. you know. But that's got to be the hardest. I, I, I can never have mixed job because I would call a fighter and then as soon as I, they got upset and started telling me, I would have been like, all right, you're still in the organization. <laughs> like, there was, I wouldn't be able to cut anybody. Like, that's a Seriously, fucking... Seriously, like, like, I could tell by the tone of his voice. Like, he, he was, like, upset for me, you know? Like, he was, like, genuinely, like... Like upset, and I had to be like, "Hey, Mick, like, don't feel bad for me, dude. Oh, no, like, it's God. okay, you know." Um, so that I, I should say, that it's got to be like a shitty thing to do, like crushing people's dreams and whatnot. Uh, I, ha- <laughs> I had a girlfriend that, like, I tried to. She was an alcoholic. She was abusive towards me. She would like threaten to kill herself if I broke up with her. It was fucking. I was living hell, and we were living together, and and then every time I tried breaking up with her, she like I come home and she'd there'd be like pasta. And she'd be like, "Hey, it's blowjob night," and start giving me a. Bl- and then I was like, "You know what? We should get. We just maybe one more chance." Yeah. And then after the ninth <laughs> time, I was like, "It's over." So I could. I 
I'm so bad at that. Oh God! If, if I call Jamie Moyle and they're like, she's like, hey, listen, it's not gonna work, blah blah, and you're like, I promise. I'm like, all right, fine, one more shot. It would, I, it'd be fine. There'd be nine thousand fighters in the fucking UFC if I was uh, if I was the, the guy. Yeah, nine thousand fighters. <laughs> it'd be fucking horrible. I can only imagine Maganya. Maganya's like, I promise, I'll fucking deep throat you and grab your balls. And you're like, all right, fine. That's why she got that seven fight fucking, you know. Like, so. <laughs> That's all it would take. Maybe I should have tried that on Mick. No, don't try that on Mick. But yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Oh, deep throating and grabbing. The, really? That's, that, that's all it would take for you? Jesus. Uh, and you're still... How are you still single? Um, all right. So we're dating this guy. It's been two weeks. I have a lot of confidence in this. Um, now, Sage Northcutt, is he a clone? Uh, like, I feel like he was built in a lab and something went wrong. Like, uh, like, or he's an alien or something. Is this real? Is that really how he is? Yes, that is really how he is. Every single second of every single day. Like he's just happy, smiling, calls everyone sir. Like, does he go home and like beat his dog or something? Like, how is this a real person? He just has a very strong like family support system and morals. You know, like. He's raised a certain way, and you know that's just who he is. He's he's just a really like different, happy, genuine person. I don't know what else to say about it. No, I don't. I fucking I love him. I just can't believe this is an actual person. I feel like it's like a like this is a character that like Andy Kaufman came back or something <laughs> and, is, and is playing. I'm like, what? Is, like, how is this an actual? Even his tweets are like, gonna go play Fortnite, this is what's who's doing this like how is this a real person is he fucking with us i mean probably he probably is fucking with all of us he goes home and he's like totally different like smokes weed does lines of coke and it's like it's like kind of like that Chappelle thing with wayne brady when when wayne brady picks him up and he's like (laughs) picking up whores wayne brady has to choke a bitch yeah like like like, I should get that once with Sage Northcutt next year. Have like the Sage Northcutt have to choke a bitch. Like, That's so funny. That should be for the awards. I should do one with Sage Northcutt. Like the, the truth behind like Northcutt. Behind the scenes. Behind the hidden scenes. Hidden camera. Yeah, there's no way this is an actual fucking person. Is his sister cool? She seems more normal than he is. His sister, you said? Yeah. Um, I haven't actually met her. Uh, um, probably the same person. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they look like the same person. Just yeah, hair. there's something going on there. I honestly think that, like, he was, like you said, like aliens put him on or something. So uh, I'm here with Joe the Kid Perez, by the way, Ween Dog. Any uh, questions for the beautiful and talented Jamie Moyle? Hey, Jamie Moyle, it's me, Ween Dog. Okay. What's up, Ween Dog? Did I say that right? <laughs> yes. Uh, so I got a question for you. I mean, I don't want to offend you. I don't want to be too provocative, but it's a, it's a serious question. Okay, so I'm in a I'm in a relationship with uh, with a girl. She's very beautiful. Or been going strong for about eight months, but she doesn't want to have sex with me. She's a virgin. I think she's kind of scared. So my first question is, uh, do you prefer, or is it true that girls prefer a guy with a normal sized dick, like maybe like five six inches, maybe six point five, maybe not too girthy, over a giant enormous twelve inch dick? Because the bigger the dick, I guess it's more painful for the girl, and they'll be sore afterwards, and they'll be sore the next day. So, is it true that girls prefer, or most girls prefer, a normal sized penis? Okay. Um, 
Um, yeah. I think so. I mean, uh, there are a good handful of girls that I suppose like really big dicks, but they probably get a lot of different dicks. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that if your girl's a virgin, she's going to be happy with no matter what size. Right. That's a good point. And yeah. Just make sure you work it. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm cool with like average size, like, you know, it doesn't have to be huge. Honestly, like anywhere between like probably like four to seven inches, like your vagina can't really tell the difference very much. Like, yeah. Hmm. You know, yeah. you have sexual chemistry with somebody that's going to be hot, you know? So there's never been a case where it's been too small where you're like, that's not going to work, put it away. Uh, or too big, and you're like, you're like, ah, uh, this is gonna have to go real slow. You're more of like a, what? You're kind of a one size fits all kind of girl. <laughs> God. I mean, if it's like really big, then yeah, you probably have to go slow at first, but then you just like, it just, you just don't notice after a while, honestly. Yeah. But um, yeah. that was a great question. But yeah, I yeah. mean, there probably is such a thing as too small. Yes, but but you're not the kind of girl because I know some girls started laughing or like they would point or take a picture and call their friends over. Uh, <laughs> but you're not <laughs> call their friends over. But like that's yeah. not your, you're you're not going to call all of a sudden start calling uh, some of your training partners and like hey look at that ah ha you know you're you're not that kind of a girl. I mean come on you know me better than that I'm too nice. To be- yeah, there you go. Plus, plus she's half Asian, so it's probably tight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. listen, um, Jamie Moyle, excited to watch you fight again. Uh, get that belt, get the strap, all right? Or go, you know, uh, and keep it up. Uh, you're, you're awesome. You're, uh, you're a great girl. Do you, do, you, now, do you have a day job at all or, or just fighting full-time? Just fighting full-time right now and sponsors and stuff you know nice so if i want to sponsor you for your next fight how do i get in contact with you um text me you have my number no not me i'm talking yeah. about like if people that listen to the podcast uh want to oh. sponsor <laughs> 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 yeah but yeah, I, yeah maybe i'll sponsor you too but if i'm like if i have a business and i, I and my and i'm like you know what i have an average penis i like this girl yeah uh she's, she's not a a, a, a a dick snob uh i would love to get on her <laughs> on her banner or her shorts how do I contact you? Um, message me on Instagram at lovefoatjamie, and I would love to take on your sponsors. I would love to hear from everybody. Please message me. Yeah, and no dick pic, guys. Okay, listen, no dick no, pics. No dick pics. Yes, I'm sure after this podcast, a bunch of our listeners do not send her dick pics. Okay, do not send them to Wean Dog instead. Send me all the dick pics. Yeah, Wean Dog likes them. You know. Hey, well, wait, dog, for real though, how old are you and how old is your girl? Uh, I'm 22 years old. I'm a blue belt in 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. I'm six foot two, 220 pounds, and my girl is 21 years old. Damn, and she's a virgin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and she's got a hairy bush. Yeah. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah. So, it's no big deal. No, no big deal. That's okay, that's okay. Well, I mean, a little hair is okay, but like, I mean... You said it's pretty bad, right? It's not too bad. Hey, Jamie Moyle, is it okay if I DM you on Instagram to if I have any more uh, needs of advice in the relationship world? Of course. Just know I'm, I'm at the Ween Dog. Just don't be afraid if you get a message from somebody named Ween Dog. That's yeah, just if me. If any guys have any sex questions, hit up Jamie Moyle. Yeah. Uh, she's she's really good at that, answering those questions. Yeah. Uh, uh, she she loves to take your your questions, and actually, you should probably post them after you send them to her. Post yeah. a screenshot, Jamie. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> zero confidentiality. <laughs> zero confidentiality. <laughs> well, thank you, Jamie. You're amazing. Keep up the great work. We love having you on the show, and you're a friend for life. Uh, thanks, Adam. I love you, and I was thinking about you today, thinking about the uh, comedy club that you came to last time, and uh, just let me know next time you're out here, and I'd love to come see you. Uh, absolutely. I got all new baby jokes, so it's good. So. <laughs> cool. Take care, Jamie. All right, love you guys. Bye. Bye. All right, that was Jamie. Bye. Bye. That was Jamie Moyle. Jamie Moyle. I like her. Yeah, she's actually. She actually asked me a question. I feel like kind of starstruck now. <laughs> I wasn't expecting her to ask me a question, dude. Yeah, because she was like, "What kind of an idiot would fucking ask this question?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Normally, I ask girls questions and they just answer it and just run away. <laughs> yeah. Um, or if you're Jesse Jess, you want to have a fight with me and then go bang Vince Pichel. She didn't bang him, though. Uh, that, that, that never happened. That's good. Why is that good? Because I don't want... I, that's, that's my girl, dude. Uh, okay. That's my hall pass. That's your hall pass. Can't have Vince just come up here and sweep Jesse Jess away from me. God damn it. So what, what do you got coming up, Wean Dog? Uh, I got some big news. Uh, the Paranormal Hour has switched back to Wean Dog Radio. But Wean Dog Radio is in the future going to switch to the No Big Deal podcast. Uh, I mean, I like to I like to keep things changing with my podcast. I like to change it, change the name like every couple months, just to you know keep the synergy going. It's great uh, for business, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, look out for No Big Deal podcast. Uh, nobody steal it because I haven't uh, switched it yet. If someone steals No Big Deal podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna be pissed. Uh, so thank you. Uh, go follow me on Twitter at the Ween Dog, and that's pretty much it, dude. Listen, people, if you shop on Amazon, go to adamhunter.com first and then order whatever you want off. Click the link on my website, the Amazon link, and then buy whatever you want. It helps me out. Also, uh, I will be at the Looney Bin Saloon in Miami, Oklahoma next Friday and Saturday, 26th, 27th, and the Casablanca Resort in Mesquite, Nevada, November 2nd. Um, And then at the end of the year, I will be at the L.A. Comedy Club at the Stratosphere. Uh, so yeah, that's what I got coming up. The Dime Bar every Monday and Tuesday if you're in LA. And this Friday night at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. This Friday night, uh, Laugh Factory in Hollywood. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Ween Dog. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, uh, Lance Palmer. And take care. Thank you. Trap, 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 trap,